Hello and welcome to Meet My Potential podcast, where we talk to leaders from around the world to inspire and to ignite your potential. This is your host, Deepa Natarajan, that Indian girl from Toulouse in France. And today we're going to talk about the essential shift with Tobias Klen. Tobias is the Chief Human Resource Officer of Sabre Bank. Tobias talks about hierarchy and the shift that is needed by senior leaders. We know that if we want an innovative growth culture, it is not just enough to have knowledge and expertise. There is an inner game of leadership that is driving our outer grain. The way we view authority and power needs to change. So let's hear straight from Tobias on this subject of the essential shift. Hello and welcome, Tobias. How are you doing this morning? I'm very good, Deepa. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me today. Well, we want to talk about the essential shift that's needed. And you and I had a very interesting conversation last time. So let's kick off with that. What is the essential shift that's needed in the industry today? I'd say, the, I mean, for, you know, if looking from a cultural perspective, you know, I think, you know, I mean, many, many companies like to say, you know, higher mindset and train skills. I think, I think, you know, ultimately that, you know, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice thing. Of course, it takes a lot to, to, to get there takes courage but ultimately you know you know i think we we continuously see that you know that that that's where you know i think that's that's the point that that's actually the 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 changing element of of you know how to drive forward a or one of the main elements how to drive forward a a very performance oriented culture so what for you is like one of the most critical ones or rather the one that's actually hard to implement What's hard? I mean, hard. hard no, I maybe correct. You know, go, maybe I'll just step, take a step back. You know, hard, hard to implement is yes, one angle. The other, the other element I would say, you know, hard to find. It's you know, it's always easier to recruit on on hard skills. You know, how, how do you find out? You know, that somebody shares the same values as you. You know, how do you find out that somebody really has a growth mindset? You know, sometimes you don't know until you know. You know, many organizations, it's a bit of a happy-go-lucky approach. You know, you just you hire 10 people, maybe three or four, you know, have that growth mindset, and then the others don't. It's also a bit, you know, if you look at the experience that people bring along, you know, and, and, and what they've been doing. And then, you know, there's also many cultural elements, you know, also, you know, based on their, their origin, where they're coming from, also the companies that they worked for. I mean, I mean, many, many corporates these days, you know, you know, focus on developing these, but, you know, we as a small organization, you know, I mean, you know, many corporates also have people that have just, you know, have stopped growing a long time ago, right? They, they right. believe that they're growing because they have a certain career progression, but, you know, yeah, they might be growing on paper, but they're not yeah. growing. They're not, they, they stop growing mentally. Yeah. <laughs> our outer growth of performance, which is based on our skills, knowledge, and our expertise is highly driven by our inner game. And it is the inner game that you're talking about, the inner game of leadership. That is, are you driven by passion? Are you driven by purpose? Are you driven to grow and to unlearn, to learn new things, experiment new ways of doing? Are you willing to take the risks? And this is all the inner game of leadership, which actually ultimately drives the outer game. But you're right, we get hired for the outer game that, that is skills, expertise, and knowledge. And then finally, at the end of the day, it is this inner game which determines our performance. What challenges do you face or have you noticed when this inner game of leadership is not present, when the inner game does not want to unleash itself? I mean, I would say one of the primary drivers is, you know, also, you know, I mean, failure is a part of success. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we don't like to talk about failure, but I mean, if you look at how, if you look at the evolution of humans, right? I mean, when we learn how to walk, we first need to fall down and hit our head <laughs> on our parents, you know, dining table or somewhere. We don't only do it once, we do it many times until we start learning how to walk. And if you look at, you know, I mean, that should be the evolution of an employee should be on a similar level, level you know? I mean, ultimately, of course, you know, when your kids bump their head on the same table, you know, more than once, you know, you start getting slightly irritated, but you have to accept that it can happen. But ultimately, I think the core question is, you know, yes, you know, accept failure, but also, you know, what do you do, what do you learn from failure? What, what do you learn and how do you, how do you then apply it? And, and how do you improve yourself and continuously improve yourself? What happens, like, what's the difference between a child? I loved your example of a child, right? So when a child falls down, we don't judge and criticize the child. But as an adult, when you fall off, there's a lot of judgment involved, both from ourselves and from the other people. And yeah. that's a cultural shift. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. I mean, that that's a good point you're mentioning there. You know, I mean, what what do leaders do? You know, I mean, if people, if people, you know, failure is not accepted, and you know, if, the, if people get in trouble for say, you know, going to their direct report saying, you know, this is not working out for me, or this, or I have a hiccup here. You know, I mean, I mean, these are, these, you know, these are. Then people will stop speaking up, right? So, you know, you know, failing will not be part or an integral part of your culture then. And I think, you know, I mean, I mean, startups are, or many startups are very, very good at that, right? You know, they they say, you know, let's let's try things out. But you know, if things go wrong, what did we learn, and how do we improve? And it's continuously improving your experience, right? Whether it's with your clients, or whether it's you know, or whether it's internal facing roles or projects. Yeah, but I mean, also, I mean, just speaking of projects, you know, I mean, how many projects are actually stopped, you know, because they say in the middle of it, you know, even if a project is at 50%, I mean, just, I mean, basically just throw it out if it's not working, right? We see this is going nowhere, then end it, rather than having this principle of, 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 of stopping every single uh, project. What makes it hard to say, okay, I'm going to throw away a piece of work that I've done in the last three months? I guess it's also the, the yeah. principle that, you know, or the principle that we just have to finish everything we start. Yeah, it's a bit like, I don't know. I mean, it's, let's take an example of running a marathon. You know, if I feel like I'm going to get a stroke in the middle of it, right? Like, why, why should I continue it? You know, why, why should I risk, you know, having to go into medical treatment if I know this is not going to work out? It's the same thing as launching a, a project or finalizing it, even though you know that the customer experience will be a complete disaster. Right. There's an essential question that's missing here. You rightly pointed out, our ego drives us to make certain decisions, which is not good for our own health and for the health of the company. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 ego, but it's also that you know we're, I mean we're taught to you know basically I mean even our parents say you know you 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 finish what you start, you know I mean an education is the one thing yes you know what you you finish what you start right but when it comes to you know to, to projects and we have a lot of projects you know and the, and the evolution of companies you know and if you look at the the speed and the cycles we're operating at you know I mean if we start a project today and three months down the line we'll, we you know the company might be looking fundamentally different than it was three months ago when we started this thing right and now mm-hmm. we you know we need more adaptability and agility and, and and again also you know acceptance of failure you know and what do we learn or maybe even or even adjusting the project but that's also again the mindset you know i mean if, if we measure it's also let's say how, how do we measure our people i mean if i measure our project managers on you know on on successful completion on projects they're going to finish everything i mean is, is that <laughs> I'm, I'm, and then I'm going to give them a great bonus because say, hey, guys, you have 100% completion on all your projects. But but let's face it, if I measure the success of the projects, it was a big flop. And customer experience went down. You know, the dropout rate of customers has been bigger. We've lost more customers than we won. I don't know what. Right. So, so I think, you know, it's, it's about, you know, setting, you know, set, it's also about how, how do we define the rewards and how do, how do we measure our people? And again, you know, it comes back to that point, you know, giving them the space to fail. Yeah. And the space to not just fail. 
because it is associated with failure. I call this cyclic in my model of leadership. We need to know when certain cycles need to end. There are yeah. times when a certain behavior in us needs to end. There's a time when a certain project needs to come to a closure. It's just yeah. like the seasons change, right? Spring is coming up right now. It's the end of winter. There's a new yeah. cycle that has to be, um, that has to begin. And it is giving into that question, like what needs to end right now and asking ourselves that question, yeah. what needs to end? And yeah. we don't want to end something preemptively because like you rightly said, society norms have been set up to have you finished what you started yeah exactly but i mean you said it rightfully and i mean it's just somehow in our head you know you you finish what you start i right. mean i think i think i think it's i mean it's it's a bit like i mean you can even say you know when it comes to you know our, our food consumption or our lunch break you know i mean some people you know do do you have to eat everything that's up on your plate or do you or do you do you not eat that what you don't like or what you think is you know potentially i mean something is poisonous if you see that the chicken is not done you're not going to eat it right you're not going to encounter having you know salmon and uh, in, in, uh, in infection just for the sake <laughs> of finishing it right so i mean the you know this, i mean i think you know all in all i mean there's, there's different angles that that, that 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 we need to look at but you know and and again the failing is part of learning failing is part of success there's a question what you do from that failure you know if you take time to self-reflect you know try to figure out you know what went wrong and then continuously improving the engine and getting better i think you know if you look at you know very successful teams they're they're, they're really good at that they're, they're really good at then also getting feedbacks you know from all of the stakeholders with the internal and external and trying to you know so it's basically it's about calibration right it's about you know continuously calibrating the engine and making sure that you have you know state-of-the-art experience Right. Beautiful. For listeners listening out there, continuously calibrate what needs to end because only when you decide to end something can something new be born. <laughs> exactly. And you can also, and the other, and the other angle is you cannot do everything at once, right? You cannot do everything. There's only as much as you can do. And that, I mean, I'm speaking, you know, from a capacity perspective and then prioritization. And I mean, you know, we've talked about as well, right? And it's also about, it's also about focus. You know, what do you want to do? What is a priority and what is not a priority? And, and, and that's very interesting also for people to understand, you know, saying, you know, this is, this is now a priority. And if anybody else approaches you deeper, just make them go away. And make them understand that, you know, you can take notes and say, this is a great idea. Let's look at it a little bit, you know, three, four months or six months down the road. Not everything needs to be done now. And it's also this chronicle thinking of, you know, everybody who's stressing right now and this is a priority and getting this, you know, if, if you know, if everybody that would come to me saying, hey, we have, we have to do this right now and do this right now. I mean, I would just be running in circles all day. I'd have no plan, right? I'll would, I would only be, you know, I'd only yeah. be reactive. So basically all I do is only what's carried to me. Right, but you need to have a plan, right? You need to know where you're going. You need to know what is a priority, and you need to know that, you know, based on focus, what is the company strategy? You know, and I mean, if you look at, I mean, I even learned to understand that the biggest global search for, you know, internet search firm, which we all know without dropping the name, but you know, apparently even they had a problem with, you know, having disengaged employees because they had so many projects which were failing. But not only because of their failing projects, because nothing was really succeeding other than, let's say, their search engine capabilities and some other initiatives. What was interesting to understand there is that the people didn't know where the company was going. So, you know, you have all these chiefs sitting around, you know, and obviously, you know, the chiefs are closer, you know, to, to the strategy and, you know, it's not really communicated down. So the people, you know, the, on, the, on the lower end of the, let's say, of, of the workforce or the more junior people, they don't even know where this company is going right now. They, they, they can make some assumptions, you know, they think, okay, we're doing a little bit of this and we're going a little bit over here. But it's, it's also about where you're going and, and cascading that messaging down and making sure that everybody has a common understanding. So, you know, I mean, if, if, if we want to go on a journey, right, we, we need to have the same coordinates. So we're not going to end up on the same mountain. Right. So how do we bridge the gap between the top team and people below who 
are finding it hard to prioritize everything because they're cramming in like at the mid-level, suddenly everything is a priority. And even though there are policies like we need to be ruthless with our prioritization, it's everything that is on the plate that needs to get done. And how do you bridge the gap between uh, the top level vision and somehow at the middle level, it gets translated as everything's a priority? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think a given is definitely communication. I mean, you know, cascading that, you know, top down. But I think, the, you know, the other solution is also, you know, making sure to involve the people, you know, that you have a bottom bottom up effect as well, you know, involve them in, in, in defining what are the priorities and, and where we're going. Give them an indication of, you know, on a high level, these are the company objectives. But why don't you tell me, Deepa, what should we do to get there? What do you think are the best ideas? Because you know what I don't want to do. I don't want to suffocate, you know, your brain because I hired you and I'm paying you, you know, to, to think, not, not just to sit here and, and, and occupy a desk <laughs> space. You're actually paid to, you're paid to think. So, I mean, then I want you to tell me what do you think? You know, what do you think is a priority? You know, no matter how old you are, no matter how experienced you are, you could have great ideas. I don't want to suffocate that. You know, and I think that's also what you often see in many organizations that you just have too much of a, of a top-down effect. Basically, everything is dictated from above and that basically suffocates innovation, ideas, uh, knowledge, sharing and, and impact on bottom levels, you know, I mean, I mean right. you, can see, you can see, I mean, it's always interesting when you see, you know, interns, I mean, the, the, the amount of impact that they can have, first of all, at an incredibly low cost, you see what they're achieving, right? They're coming fresh out of, you know, universities, have, have great ideas, have, have, you know, are super motivated and, and they're really driving things forward and, and changing a lot more than I think people like to think or see. Right, exactly. Do you see a gap in terms of senior leaders and young people who are coming out with great ideas and who are not afraid to fail? I mean, I would lie, but I would say no. I mean, I mean, clearly, I think your question already indicates that there is that there is a gap. Yeah, I mean, clearly, no, there is a gap. You know, because you know, there's there's all the generation that's like, you know, be quiet, and I just tell you what to do and get the job done. You know, then don't come back to me until it's done. And then I think, you know, and, and the and the and the young people, you know, they I mean, the young people they want knowledge, right? They they want they want to learn. They they want to make an impact. And, and, you know, and there's even some people, you even hear stories, you know, of youngsters leaving companies after three months. And the reason why they're leaving is because they say, I couldn't make an impact you know, after three months. Like, you know, what, what kind of impact do you expect to make? But that's, but that is the new and that's a young generation. They, they want to have an impact. They want to see that, you know, they, they want to change things. They, they want to change the world, you know, whether it's now environment or whether it's, you know, our energy, politics, you, you name it. You know, this is a young generation which is coming in, which also wants to change companies. And we need to give them, we need to empower them that they can do this. Of course, manage it to a certain degree, you know, I mean, otherwise it would just right. be out of control if we're just, you know, have it all, you know, if all of us have ideas, the ideas are great, right? But at the end of the day, it's also execution and, and traction. Yeah. So what tips would you give for senior leaders to empower more the younger leaders who come fresh with ideas, who are yearning to create an impact? I'll definitely say, you know, we, we need to, you know, these these leaders, they, they need to try it out. You know, don't you I mean, if you always go for the you know, same old recipe, you will always get the same old results. You need to have, you need, you need to have the courage these days. You know, these people, they will not disappoint you. You know, if you try things out, you, you, you know, you'll find there's, there's an incredibly cool, great world out there waiting for you that you might have just not seen. At the same time as, you know, also, you know, higher or less just on, on paper. Because the paper, you know, this hard skill thing that sounds great, you know, but I mean, I think all of us have hired senior people, very experienced people. And we've, you know, we're, we're very disappointed because on the paper and the interview process, even in the case studies, it looks so promising. 
you know, but at the end of the day, they, they just don't execute. You know, how do you measure execution? Because if you ask the question about execution and give me some examples in interviews, everyone would be like, yeah, you know, I did this project, I had this budget, and I did, I did this, and I did that, and I'm, I'm the creator, I'm the god of this. And, the, and, the, and then suddenly you realize, wow, this person hasn't really gotten anything done now in the last 24 months. You know? So so back to your question, you know, the, the, I think the tip is, you know, critically look at your, your recruiting approach. You know, try to get a systematic approach on, on picking out values, you know, trying to find out, you know, what are, what are, what are the values in your team and, and what kind of values do you want to hire? What, what kind of values are you missing in your team? And, you know, and if, if, you, if, you look, if you look at, you know, super successful sports teams, just look at football teams right. or, or, for, or for the American soccer teams, then, you know, I mean, they, they all share common values, right? When you look at these winning teams, and it's incredible if you even look at the underdogs in sport, like why do you so often see the underdogs beating top teams, you know? If you look at these teams, you know, how they were put together and, you know, and how they share the values with their coach and their trainers and the communication and how they can actually, you know, connect with the players. And I think, you know, my other tip would be, you know, look at sports teams and go dig into that a little bit because, you know, I think sport teams are, are very, I think, admirable for many teams in, in sports and different disciplines are very admirable on how they coach and don't lead, you know, go away from leadership, go more into to coaching, you know, you know, support your people, you stop the top down thing, you know, go on eye level and try to eliminate this hierarchical thinking, you know, I'm the boss and I'm, I'm the leader, I'm the managing director, but, you know, it doesn't matter what rank we are, it doesn't matter how old we are, we can all learn from each other. And the last tip I would give, and I always like to say that, everybody is better at something than you are, at least one thing. At least there's one thing, I don't know what it is right now, but there's at least one thing that you're amazing at that I cannot even slightly compete with. All of us are better at something, at least something. Even when I go to a cashier at a grocery store, there might be a, a guy sitting there or a lady who's, you know, just beeping my groceries through. But you know what? Don't look down on her because there's something this this lady or this guy can do, which is way better than you can do. And I think that's something that you also need to look at your differently and understand that you are not always the smartest person in the room in everything. Fabulous. I think that's a great tip. Just with that perspective, rewind back to this episode and look at how you can empower your team. That's a very simple way. It's a very simple way of thinking that somebody else is perhaps better at something that I can't do. And that is a great way to involve everybody else and to not go the top-down way, but rather empower people and also be willing to experiment, experiment something new every single day. If not, at least every single week, look at one new thing that you could do. At least one, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you yeah. so much, Tobias, for being here on the episode with us. Would you like to share one last message with the audience before we close? I, th I think in a nutshell, I think that those were a lot of messages already. Let's let's give them some time to digest. And Deepa, thank you again for having me here today. It was a real pleasure. And yeah, I'm sure, you know, if anybody wants to reach out to you or us, then, then please feel free to do so on, on social media, on LinkedIn. You know where to find me. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'll put the link to your profile on the show notes. Thank you, Tobias, for being here. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to talking to you soon again. And until then, stay cool. Thank you very much, Deepa. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.